everybody. Welcome to the DC Three Cast. It's been a while since we've done one of these that wasn't directly tied into Batman and Robin Eternal, and it's good to be back. Uh, later on in the show, I am going to be chatting with Casper Crump, the star of Legends of Tomorrow. He plays Vandal Savage, and we're very excited to have him on the show. But until then, I have to settle for two guys that are not on TV, but do occupy a special place in my heart. My friends, Zach and Vince. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing, doing really good now. <laughs> what was that, Vince? No, I'm doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> we are a giggly bunch tonight. <laughs> we should warn our listeners that at the time. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. No one's going to know why we're laughing, but... I promise you, we're all stone cold sober. There's nothing fishing going on. We're just, we're just three guys having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. What are we doing tonight, Brian? So tonight we are talking about uh, the uh, the mysterious tweet sent out by Dadadia last week with a blue curtain and the word rebirth on it. Um, people have been putting together. Uh, the pieces about this, we do know that it appears to be a Jeff Johns, Ethan Van Skyver joint, much like the Flash Rebirth and the Far Superior Green Lantern Rebirth. Some have been saying it's a Superman Rebirth. Some have been saying it's a full-on DC reboot in the style of the all-new, all-different Marvel. We don't really know what it is, but what we do know is that there's probably going to be a bunch of books ending come May and a bunch of books starting up come June. So what we're going to do is... We are going to talk about uh, some books that we are kind of dreaming up. So we're going to do this where uh, Zach's going to start. And he's going to give us a book and a creative team and tell us why it's a good idea. And then we're going to go around in a circle and talk about various other books we want to see. But before we do this, please, um, if you come up with ideas of your own or if you like our ideas, feel free to tweet at us, email us, post it on the site. You know, let us know. I think... Uh, Vince and I were talking about this before. I think actually it was all three of us in a group chat about how this is like the most fun part of comics fandom is dream casting these books with creators. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see where this goes. So Zach, start us off, buddy. Okay. So for my first book, I'm going like straight off of the, the rebirth theme and kind of like what we know about. So assuming that like the central book in this is a Jeff Johns, Ethan Van Skyver joint, I'm pitching Trinity Rebirth. And it's going to be a book obviously focusing on Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, probably a miniseries. And it would just kind of reestablish a new, maybe slightly more classic, but, you know, Re- re-envisioned status quo for the big three kind of like a back to basics you know like what the other rebirth books were mm-hmm. yeah that's um, interesting. i think that's that is could be legitimately close to what we get i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all well and it also you know it times in well with batman versus superman Obviously, the spotlight is on those three characters, and uh, go, ties in with that you know kind of media centric approach that w- apparently we're going to be getting. 
I like that. Yeah. Um, Vince, you're up. Okay, so um, as we've been doing um, these like weekly event books for the last few, couple of years, um, one thing that we we like to say a lot is, you know, whenever there's a guest artist or like a character that's featured, we we always say, "Oh, I would read a book with that character or that artist," you know, mm-hmm. paired together, and. We just talked about this one a couple weeks ago, but my first book is going to be Cassandra Kane, and it's going to be um, Art by Marcio Takara, who did the guest spot on mm-hmm. Batman and Robin Eternal. That was just stellar. And Becky Cloonan is going to write, and she's also going to do backup art when Takara needs a break. So. Ooh. That's a good team. Yeah. That's also dangerously close to a book idea I had. Me as well. What's yours first? Oh, does this count as one of my No, what is what I'll is, just throw what, it out there. Yeah. Well, I was thinking a a like Birds of Prey team type team book with Cassie and some of the other characters with Clunan writing as well and Dustin Wynn on art. Mm. And I had a Birds of Prey team uh, made up of Cassie and Harper and Spoiler as the the main three, <clears throat> uh, written by Genevieve Valentine, illustrated by Alvaro Martinez, who's been on Batman and Robin Eternal and has done some of the best pages in the book so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of us are all of us want more Cassie Kane. Oh yeah, as part of the uh, the DC universe going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. One of the themes of my list here is, you know, if this is true that DC wants to somewhat align the comics universe with the TV and film universe, I don't think they want to do storylines or anything like that, but I do think that they want characters that you're seeing on TV and film getting their own books. So I have been picking characters that either we've seen in TV and film already or we will be seeing soon. So the first one I'm going to go with is The Flash. Uh, the Flash is a book that I feel has been really lacking an identity since I, I would I would argue since Brian uh, Buccoletto and uh, um, who was Manipole and Francis Manipole was on that book. So my team for that I'd have Rob Williams writing it, who's done a great job of Martian Manhunter, and since I'm sure Doctor Fate's getting canceled, Sonny Liu on art. <sighs> Oh, wow. I think it would look really different. And I think you could kind of match the tone of the show without it looking anything like the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah. That's my first. Williams and Lou on The Flash. All right. I like it. You're up again, Zach. Okay. Um, Do, Do either of you have a Flash book? No. I do, but it's like the biggest pipe dream in the world. It's never going to happen. Go We've talked it. about it before. Go for it. I oh. want whenever Dan Slott inevitably is kicked off of Spider-Man. Uh, not inevitably, but like he, it has to end eventually. Yeah. I want him to come over to DC and write The Flash. Um, and I think I would pair him with um, Flash 
alum, I guess maybe it was Kid Flash and frequent collaborator Humberto Ramos. That'd Ramos. That'll be just because I I think that like one of the things that has been really lacking in like DC in general and especially in Flash, where this was always like a big staple of the books, is the like the history and like the extended family. You know, you, we see that a lot in like Slot Spider Man. Like he pulls from everything, and the cast is just huge. And it there's like a big family aspect to it, mm-hmm. and I feel like that would work really well in a Flash book. I can't. Yeah. Disagree I feel with like that. we need that in a Flash book. Dude, the second we find out that he's leaving Spider-Man, you and I are going to hammer his Twitter. Flash, just, Flash, like, Flash. And him. he's always tweeting about Flash, too. Whenever yeah. there's an episode, he's always tweeting about it. It's there. Plus, he's, like, a huge Doctor Who guy, so he has, like, the... The time like, travel. The time travel yeah. sci-fi. It's just there. It's waiting to happen. Yeah. But anyway... But anyway, so, so, um, non pipe dream, uh, non pipe dream. Okay, this is not uh, TV centric, but this is um, kind of dovetailing two books that I really like: um, Omega Men and Grayson. Um, I would like to see Tom King take over, and I feel like this has maybe been kind of rumored a little bit, but I would like to see him do a Titans book. Um, starring Dick Grayson and Kyle Rayner leading up the team um, with art by Nicola Scott. Mm. Take my money. Yeah, that's a great pick for art. I feel like, yeah, she has that, you know, kind of like Reyes superhero headliner style. I feel like that could be like one of the flagship books. For sure, yeah. That's like yeah. That, that's the Titans of the early '90s when I was reading comics furiously. When it was um, Donna Troy and Kyle Rayner and Damage, all in the mm-hmm. Titans and uh, Arsenal. Oh man, I'm really, I'm really like fluid on who's on the team. Other than it, I wanted to have those two, and I wanted to have Supergirl. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, great idea. Yep. I I have a similar one, so I'm just gonna say it sure. uh, Go for now. It. I I I've predicted this already that it's gonna happen. So we'll see if I'm right. But a Titans book called Titans, not Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Um written by Seely and King. And then I said art by Michael Jannon. Um just because I think he works so well with them and I feel like if Grayson's going to run its course, he's got to go somewhere. So why not fold into the next thing they're doing, you know, cause I, mm-hmm. I just love the way they work together. So, um, I thought that would be a, a good team. Do you, do you have a, a roster or a tentative roster? Um, I was thinking along, I was thinking along the same lines with you. Um, as far as Dick is concerned and Kyle Rayner because of the, um, you know, they aside from Omega Men, they haven't. He's been kind of off the table. Yeah. Um, and you guys but, realize those are literally my two favorite comics characters, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, 
So <laughs> you're literally foaming at the mouth. I can I can tell. Yep. Um. Anyway, but I didn't think a Supergirl. That's a really good. I like that as a, a, another way to get her in a book. I think yeah. she's gonna def- she's definitely gonna get a solo title. Yep. I would think mm-hmm. coming out of Rebirth, but that would be a way to get her in another book. Yeah, I, I feel like, like she's just huge. You know, she's like really hot right now with the show and the fact that she doesn't have a book other than the the digital first series that just started. And, you know, I just love the idea of, like, Supergirl on a team book filling that Superman role, you know, the super role. That was one of the things I loved in Robinson's Justice League. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the, like, the pitch that never really happened. Um, But Nick Spencer, when he was on Supergirl, he was kind of doing like a backdoor pilot for like a Teen Titans, uh, Young Justice type thing. Like, I just love the idea of of Supergirl, uh, like as a prominent member of a team. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Speaking of Supergirl... Uh, this this is a bit of a cop out answer, and I I, I recognize this. Um, but I was pitching a Supergirl ongoing by the team of Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and Babs Tar. Mm. Mm, that'd be good. You know, it just seems to me like that team knows how to work well together. They revitalize Barbara Gordon, and the the fear of it would be they would just do the same thing for Supergirl. But I think that those are three intelligent enough creators. They wouldn't just try the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you know what else? I think the the aesthetic of that book, like when it came out, and it was just like totally like the image was hipster Batgirl. You know, like uh-huh. that's what everybody said about it. If you read that book, it's really just. It's really just. I hate to say this. This makes me sound like such a dick, but. It's really just like millennial Batgirl, and that's how things are today. And the same is true for Supergirl. So even if they did do an extremely similar thing, it's not like they're just... I I really don't think they would just be capitalizing on their success from the first book. They're just presenting a side of youth that's very much a real thing right now. Mm -hmm. You know? Like... If you think about the Supergirl TV show, and I don't know how much you guys have seen, but it might as well be like their version of Barbara in Batgirl when she's like running around and like losing stuff on her laptop and, yeah, you know, not remember, you know, screwing up, not remembering things and being kind of dorky at times. It's it's a really similar aesthetic that I think they would be perfect for. I think that's really good, Brian. Thank you. Uh, you're up now. Uh, I guess you guys both did Titans, but that was Zach's start. So yeah, Vince was responding to me, so he's up yeah. for one. Yeah, and actually my, <laughs> mine was going to be a Supergirl book, my next one. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I was going to... So I like Sterling Gates mm-hmm. as Supergirl writer. So do I. But, mm-hmm. but he's done that before, and he's doing that now with the the digital book. Mm-hmm. So I'm bringing back Brian Q. Miller 
from the pre-New 52 Uh Batgirl run, uh, Stephanie Brown and all that fun stuff, and I'm pairing him with Marcus Toe for Supergirl. I like that. I like that too. And I would buy that book and I would buy your book, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They should do both. They should do both. All right, I, I, I'm excited about this next one because this is, I think, my most inspired pairing, and the one least likely to happen. <laughs> so I think there needs to be a, a an Adam book. Uh, the Adam is the star oh. of Legends of Tomorrow. There was that great Adam, um, like back uh, back matter slash one shot by Jeff Lemire. Back mm-hmm. in like 2010 or 2011. Yeah, it was like a brightest day. Yeah, it was a brightest day tie-in, right? Yeah, but even though not really at all, I don't no, think. I don't think. Slightest, yeah, no. <laughs> wasn't he brought back from the dead? That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. He was featured prominently in Blackest Night. He he wore the indigo ring. You're right. No, it was because um, in in Brightest Day, Ryan Choi was killed. By the yeah. new Titans team that was led by Deathstroke. Oh, man. Right, right, yeah. Man, we're getting that, that we're getting deep in the Eric Wallace bullshit. Yeah. Here, so um, <laughs> let's back out of that. But anyway, I think the Adam is a character that is able to be a lot of fun and able to be um, a little bit goofy. And one of my favorite writers at DC who never does anything outside of the kids' books is Sholly Fish. Oh, oh yeah. I'm so happy. I wanted to do a Sholly Fish book so bad, but I couldn't think. All right. Charlie oh. Fish and James Harvey. Oh my god! <laughs> I love it. I love it. I feel like yeah. I feel like that book could be so much fun, and you can kind of keep the Adam like, in, on on the Flash. I mean, on Arrow and on Legends, he's kind of a goofy guy, mm-hmm. and I feel like their aesthetic with that goofy character would work so well. Oh man, I love this so much. <laughs> Why isn't Sholly Fish writing? In I on- don't. I, I I think they see him as the kids guy. Uh-huh. But he did that amazing um, Luthor uh, Villains Month issue, mm-hmm. and uh, he's really good. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, they they wheel him out whenever they do an event month or something. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. think he did a convergence anything for convergence this time. But all the other months, I think he did do books. Yeah, yeah. He yeah he did that he did like some great Superman backups during yeah. Morrison's Action Comics yeah that guy yeah oh man yeah I want that so bad <laughs> well you're back up I got anything, right, anything for me. us what am I am I is this number three is this yeah. round three okay all right well spinning off of the James Harvey uh nom I would like to see a new Young Justice book with Harvey on art and Gene Yun Lang writing. That's nice. And I'm not sure who I would want on the team um, other than it needs to have uh, Connor Kent or whatever they're calling him these days. And he needs to be closer to the real Connor Kent. <laughs> uh, I have a Superboy book. Yeah? Yeah, uh Superboy written and illustrated by Aaron Cooter. Oh man. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> DC. That's by the way, we had that book. Okay, we yeah, did. We did, but but for real it this wasn't, time, it wasn't illustrated by him. I don't think. Yeah. And I, I just want to put a point out there: if anyone from DC is listening, although all three of us are happily employed in full time positions, we would gladly come on as talent scouts for DC Comics. <laughs> we will be consultants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll lick your boots. We don't <laughs> need much. No, no, we really don't. Um, so, some new computers. Yeah, that that'd be great. You know, um, some nice dedicated uh, phone lines for podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, we will totally sell out and be there. We will do the DC podcast. We'll just. Lee, oh, I don't know. I, I won't say that we'll leave Multiversity behind. I'll let Brian no, say that. No, we're not saying that. <laughs> I'll let Brian say that. We're not saying that. But, but, you know, but, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I, I jumped in there. Sorry about that, Zach. So Vince, you're up now. Okay. So um, I figure it's about time that Jeff Johns does another book. Because mm-hmm. right now, what? He's only doing Justice League? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want. I figured we should come up with one weekly title at least between the three of us. Okay, and so I think there should be a Justice League weekly, and I think it should be written by Johns, and then and and I've got only Johns, but I think the artists there'd be some nice healthy collaboration as far as storytelling is concerned mm-hmm. between all the artists. Okay. And so I've got a pile of artists here for Justice League Weekly, okay? Jamal Eigel, Jesus Saez, Dan Panosian, Cliff Chang, and Joel Jones. Say those one more time. Jamal Eigel, Jesus Saez, Dan Panosian, who we've talked about yeah. before, Cliff Chang, uh-huh. and Joel Jones. That's nice. Yeah, that's kind of a pipe dream. That's just like all my favorite artists that have done superhero comics wrapped up in in one book. <laughs> Can I pull out my Joelle Jones book? Yeah, I've got another one for her, by the way, but yes. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. going to write and illustrate my Wonder Woman book. Oh, oh, yeah. Nice. 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 I like, yeah, she can do all the books as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> she's, I just decided the other day she's my favorite artist. I saw that. Yeah. Man. She's the best. Can I – I feel like we're responding to each other. I'm going to get to do all, this, all the books. Yeah, that that's I, the best part of this. It's great. Can I, can I respond with – I know I already did a Jeff Johns book, but that was like a mini series. That didn't really count. Can sure. I give you my, my real Jeff Johns book? Sure, and then I'll give you my real Jeff Johns book. <laughs> okay, okay. Legion of Superheroes. Uh... Jeff Johns, Francis Manipool. Uh, <laughs> Alright, I, I have to I have to jump in two here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't, we can't bury Zach right there. Alright, well, let's talk about it more because I Well I, just just it's been too long. I, I I think like John's is at his best when he's writing like obscure characters with like like I just think JSA and like how like he like really played up the family angle and I feel like he, you know, he's already done Legion previously. He's been tweeting a lot about Legion or, like, talking about them in terms of, like, the TV side of things. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the perfect time to bring back, like, a, 
another Legion reboot, honestly. Because okay. I don't, I wouldn't want him to go back to the the Legion original Legion. Bullshit. Well, that or like he, when he did Legion again, he like went back to the, like the pre-Crisis Legion. Yeah, and all that. I think it's time for like another Legion reboot, and yeah, yeah. with those guys. All right, oh, see, I love it. My love pie it. in the sky idea involved the Legion. Oh, okay. What is it? And it's funny, we have the same artist on it. Okay. But written by Jonathan Hickman. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Uh, I, I had him on this project, <laughs> but then I moved into another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before I get to my John's book, what, 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 was, your, uh, what was your Hickman project? I'm gonna I'm gonna totally run out of books to talk about. Then, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Yeah, hold up. It can be my round four pick. Okay. It can be my what round. Was, what was your uh, John's book? Uh, no, Vince. Oh yeah, Vince. Oh, that that was my John's book. The oh, okay. Justice League Weekly. Yeah, that okay. Was what was your John's book? Mine. Brian? Okay, so mine was again. I'm thinking about TV series and kind of tying this in a Hawkman Hawk Girl series. Oh, oh yeah. John's and Ben Oliver. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The stuff. <laughs> right in my veins guys oh, man that's so good because that would be perfect too because you know ben oliver did that lobo one shot uh-huh. once month and he just like owns that kind of like sci-fi that not that like Hawkman and hot girl have to be sci-fi but like if they do i just feel like he'd be perfect for that to me he's somebody who can take costumes that look ridiculous and make them work yeah You'll see batwing Right. Yep. Um, so I feel like the Hawks costumes would just be right in his wheelhouse. He does right. those chunky costumes yep. really well. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. that's good. I- I'm checking books off my list here. I got a few more still. So I still have two good ones. Okay. Four, I-, I have one pie in the sky one and a couple good ones here. So. All right. I've got six yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And by the way, we, are, we we talked about before we started recording. We're not talking about the Jeff Parker, Doc Shane, or Shazam book because we think that might be, actually be happening, mm-hmm. which is the greatest thing I've ever heard. So yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Okay. So where are we now? Should where... I go? Um. Yeah. Yeah. You go. Oh. All right. So this one is probably my least exciting book and probably my most realistic book. Okay. But it's another weekly, okay? It's another bat weekly, but it's just going to be called Gotham. But it's not Gotham the TV show. Like, it's not young Bruce Wayne, you know? It's just Gotham-centric, kind of like a Streets of Gotham, um, you know, type deal where it's, it's... villains and minor heroes and maybe you see Batman every once in a while and uh it's a weekly that has like no real end in sight like no end game you know okay um it's not about one specific thing it's just more or less a rotating uh cast of writers and artists almost like an anthology book okay yeah um writers writers all right Scott Snyder Ray Fox James Tinian and Michael Morisi. Because I have, I have a Morisi book. You do? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because um, I'm pretty sure he's going to Scott Snyder's uh, uh, writer class. Writer class, class. Yeah. yeah, the writer so he'll, class. So he'll be hired instantly. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Like, 
that's almost a guarantee, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Unless he, unless he doesn't do his homework and flunks, right? I yeah. Mean, unless he's been a bad student. But I know <laughs> I know Mike, and he's not gonna. No, he's not gonna mess gonna, us up. He's gonna pass with flying colors. So he's part of the Gotham team then. Okay. And then for for Art, Ben Templesmith, Ray Fox, <laughs> actually doing a couple issues of his weird art that he does. Riley Rosmo, and then my my boy Ian Bertram. Ooh, that book is that's, that's pretty a hot money. Book. That's a yeah. Hot... Oh man. All right. I'll, uh, uh, what do I want to go with next here? I guess I want to go with Marisi because you mentioned him. Yeah. Um. So I've had this idea for years now. That there should be a book called Justice League Cosmic, hmm. where it's like the Justice League of space. And my original lineup for it almost came to fruition in Justice League United. Like <laughs> it was Supergirl and Adam Strange were the two leaders of the team. Um, but I, I would change it slightly, but I would still have Supergirl be the lead of the book, and I would have it written by Michael Morisi with art by Barnaby Begenda oh. from uh, the Omega yeah. Men. Keep him in space. Um, maybe, maybe I'd keep Kyle Rayner on the team. Uh, it would basically it would be a Green Lantern. It would be almost like the Justice League in where there'd be seven characters and there'd be a Lantern, a super character, a detective, a speedster. You know, but it would be it would be kind of presented differently than you know than the Justice League is presented. So yeah, that's my Maurice book, Justice League Cosmic. Nice, I like right. that. I was trying to figure out a way to get an, another Justice League book, but I honestly could not think of a title. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually I, – I had an idea a while back too to do – because I think Aquaman books just haven't been working lately. Mm-hmm. But to do a Justice League Atlantis essentially mm-hmm. and just deal with underwater stuff and have Aquaman be the leader of the team. And that way it's, it, it's not quite Aquaman and the others, but it's not quite an Aquaman <sighs> solo book. Oh, man. I'm about to do a total 180. Okay. Not a, I guess not a 180, but you just inspired me. <clears throat> well, first, first I'll tell you what I had, and I'll tell you what I'm... Okay, so coming back to Jonathan Hickman, uh-huh. um, I did have one of my favorite books like of all time was his Fantastic Four run. Yarp. And so I initially I had a Jonathan Hickman, Dale Eaglesham, Eaglesham, however you pronounce it, Earth 2 book. Mm. But oh. but you brought up Aquaman. I'm gonna call an audible here, and I'm gonna do Jonathan Hickman, Assad Ribic, Aquaman. Wow! <laughs> and that's my big pie in the sky book. Yeah, that's oh, good. God. I love that. I can yes, Ribic kind of drawing Aquaman like Thor, kind of big yeah. and, and like. Sort of somewhere between traditional Aquaman and Jason Momoa. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that real good. Yeah, I was really struggling with an Aquaman title. I was trying to come up with an Aquaman book, and it just wasn't there. Um. Oh man. Nice. Good. Good work, Zach. Yeah. All right, Vince. Back to you. Okay. Oh, what should I go with? Okay. Um. We need a Blue Beetle book. Yeah, we do. Like, we yeah. really need one really bad. And 
I've got a writer artist tag team here. Um, of I'm gonna I hope I don't murder these. Uh, you will. These, cool. these Latino names: Bruno Oliveira and Ramon Villalobos. Um, which I don't know if you're familiar with either of their work. Who who was the first one again? Bruno Oliveira. That name isn't really okay. to me. Not, I'm not familiar with him, but I am familiar with Villa Villarobos. Okay, yeah. So so um uh Oliveira, uh I don't really read any books that he's done interior art on, but I'm aware of him because he's worked with Villa Lobos before. And if you look at his deviant art, he's got a really interesting art style. Um, that I think would be perfect for Blue Beetle. And, um, you know, they could do the Jaime Reyes version of the character, you know, um, because who knows what's going on with Ted Cord yet, you know? Right. Um, but I think they would do a really fun jo- Those are some fun guys to, like, follow on social media. I think they'd have fun with the character, and I think it'd be a great book. That sounds pretty great to me. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to save my two big guns for the end here. I have three more. How many more do you have, Zach? Um, one real one, and then one that, like, previously... One, one that has, like, been talked about before, but never happened. Okay. We I can... have my really big one, and I'm, like, just itching to drop this one. All right. Well, l- let me go with, with, with one of my um, really big pie-in-the-sky ones that will never happen. Okay. Um, this is inspired by their work together over at Marvel while reuniting the creator with one of the things that he is best known for and really, really loves. Uh, that is to have a new Justice Society book by James Robinson and Leonard Kirk. There you go. Uh, obviously, you guys know my James Robinson fanboyness is uh, you know through the roof. So that's um, that's something that is shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. But I do think that him and Leonard Kirk have done a really nice job on Fantastic Four and on um, uh, Squadron Supreme. So I would do JSA again. James Robinson working with Dan Didio again probably will never happen, but if it can happen. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, JSA, Robinson, and Kirk. Uh, do either of you guys have a JSA title? Uh, I do. I do. Zach, you have one? You can go well, first. No, I, I mean, I had the Earth 2 thing with right. Hickman, yeah. which was kind of the same idea. But no, you go ahead. Sure. So I've got a Justice Society. And um, have you guys been reading at all the DC Bombshells? Digital series. I read um, the first few chapters. Yeah, it's good. I just haven't. I haven't caught it, up. Yeah, but not because I don't like it. Just because it's, uh, you know, yeah. Busy. No, I actually think it's one of their like most interesting books. It is. That... It's really. It. I mean, they picked. They picked a specific point in time and specific characters and a theme, and they're just going for it. You know. Um, and so my idea for a justice society was. Uh, it's Marguerite Bennett as a writer, Marguerite Sauvage, who's also drawing that yep. Bombshells book, drawing Justice Society, but also 
co-writing is Paul Levitt. Ooh. And Interesting. there's like a co-artist, Igor Lima, who we saw, I guess, on, <laughs> what was it, Futures End Sinestro? Is that the book? Was that it? We, we, mm-hmm. should, we should have a very and, long, and he, and he a was very on, long conversation uh, about this and try and figure out where we yeah. came from. Yeah. He was on Futures End, uh, Green Lantern Corps as well. He was one of the artists on that. There we go. Okay, all right. I, Zach must have spent so much time looking that up. Um, anyway, uh, I think that they could do a book that combines the classic Justice Society with some like gender or sexual politics a little bit. You know, okay. since since the Justice Society has traditionally been like a throwback team. Um, you know, they could do, like, World War era time period mm-hmm. and then have, you know, a bunch of different perspectives on that. I think that would make for a cool, regular, ongoing series. I don't know if it would have to be Elseworlds or on some other Earth other than Earth 2, but I, I just – I had that idea for the book, and I, I really think it could be something great. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely it's like a very interesting creative pairing or you yeah. know yeah, like a lot of very interesting styles, like very diverse, yeah. Interesting. Where are we Our now? Man. We're Who's uh, next? Well, who did I just go or did you Yeah, I went and then you jumped in there. So, Vin uh Zach, it's back to you. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and drop my like I think this is probably my biggest one. Um, so this is going to be a rebirth book and I'm going to take DC's golden boys, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. I think that Snyder is usually his best when he's working with like something that's kind of horror tinged. Um, like, like Swamp Thing was really good. And, you know, a lot of his like vertigo stuff and image stuff has been horror esque and DC is always looking to use like its biggest properties in like new ways. Mm -hmm. So this is like borderline blasphemous, but Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Sandman Rebirth. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, indeed. I don't following, think that's as crazy as you think it is. Following, following the the um, what's his, Daniel, the the Sandman that ends at the end of Sandman and was in like Morrison's Justice League and stuff. Oh man. Brian, are you going to call it? Is that what I'm hearing? You're going to... No, because I think... I, <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing. I feel like it's been so long since Sandman was part of the DC Universe mm-hmm. that it's almost hard to imagine what that would look like. Um, that's, that's not a knock on it. It's just... Man, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> wow. That's... Yeah. Oh, man, Zach. That's my one. It's impressive. I don't even know how I would feel about it, but 
I just I thought would, of, I, I tried to come book. up with the biggest book that DC could possibly do, and I feel yeah. like that's it. Yeah, what is the next thing they could drag through the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm going to save my biggest one for last. But I'm going to go with, um, we've heard for a long time about a Robbins book. Uh-huh. Uh, we've heard this for a long, long, long time now. And with lots of creators, uh, you know, attached to it. But I think based on the most recent um, sort of bat books, to me, the Robbins title should be written by Steve Orlando <sighs> and illustrated by Michael Janin. Oh, yes. Um, and I would do it uh, kind of like a um, – almost like a Brave and the Bold thing where each arc would be two Robins teaming up together. Yeah. I like it. And maybe that way you could you can kind of sneak other artists in there and not just have – maybe have Jan and launch the book but mm-hmm. have, you know, various artists in there. But let's see – because I think Steve Orlando, his issues of Batman Robin Eternal have been so great on the dialogue – and the interplay between the Robins, that I'd want, I'd want that as the centerpiece. Oh, totally. Oh, I gotta slap myself on the wrist because I don't have an Orlando book in these ten, and I really should because he's one of my favorites that they've got right now. Man, good, good, good choice, Brian. Thank you. All right, Vince, go for it. Okay. All right, I've been talking about this one for years. I've been pounding the table for this for like at least three or four years now but i've got another teen titans book but this is the teen titans so the last one was titans right and they're like you know in their 20s maybe and this is the true teen titans everybody's in their teens all right think like you know early high school and i want it done by Jimmy Robinson of Bomb Girl and Five Weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know Five Weapons from Image? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, the think... main character in that book is it might as well be Tim Drake. Like it's this smart, mm-hmm. athletic, like well trained you know, like Uber teen, but above everything else, he's an incredible detective. Okay? It's Tim Drake. Like, he wrote Tim Drake over at Image Comics, basically. Yeah, that's and a great he, idea. I really liked that book. Yeah, and it was one of the better Tim, like, better Tim. one of the better Tim Drakes I can remember, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> like, it's felt like so long since, um, you know, Red Robin, I guess, but um, from the from pre-Flashpoint. Um, so I think he could he could write and draw his own... Teen Titans book in the and build it around Tim Drake with the same like super detective know it all just pinpoint accurate you know everything like just super teen and then fill it out with the other members I don't know who else you want to throw in there Cyborg I know they're trying to get him with the Justice League but I think somehow they should get him back to the Teen Titans um yeah I agree with that even if he's like they're even if like okay if Tim Drake is like the smartest one even if Cyborg is like the de facto leader of the group he's the know? dad yeah. yeah the dad yeah exactly exactly um 
Yeah, I would. I I've been wanting that book ever since I read Five Weapons. I think it would be great. I think it would be great. It would be a great book. It would be great for Jimmy Robinson, and it would be great for diversity, um, which I think are all good things. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. All right, Zach, do you have any more? Um, this is uh, yeah, sort of. So I have one more. So okay, uh, Vince, how many more do you have? Two more. All right, why don't we do this? Why don't we let Vince double up here? Okay. okay. And then Zach and I at least do our last ones. Well, yeah. I'll do my I'll do my Joel Jones book okay. um, really quick here. She'd be the writer and the artist, and it would be a Lois Lane book. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that's really good. <laughs> oh, man. Kind of mad at how good that is. <laughs> I think it should happen. I think it absolutely. No, it definitely needs to happen. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Zach, you want to go? You want to close this out? Or you want to go? Yeah, sure. We'll go through. Yes. Yeah, we'll go ahead. Um, I really want. So this got not. I guess leaked isn't the right word, but um, revealed that this had been in the works at one point. The Gerard Way, Becky Cloonan, <sighs> Doom Patrol book. Oh. Man. I feel like this is the time to bring that out. Like if, yeah. if like if you're ever gonna do it, yeah. I I love the Doom Patrol. I think they're like one of DC's like most underutilized um, teams or properties or and whatever. We're getting one of the members on Legends. We are. Yeah, there's a rumor that um, <gasps> maybe I've heard it? this. Who is it? Robot Man. No. Is it Robot Man? No, hang on. I haven't heard this. Was rumor. it uh um Keep talking, I'll I'll pull it up. Danny okay. the Street. No, it wasn't Danny, Danny the Street. Danny the Street. But yeah, like I I I just really want that book to exist. And and it seems like all the parties are interested. It seemed like from what I heard that like Gerard Way was just like too busy really to like it wasn't even like a thing where like DC was like dragging their feet or getting in the way. It seemed like he was just like too busy to commit to it. Um, That's such a shame. Yeah, it was. Um, the rumor is that Valentina Volstock, who is a Negative mm-hmm. Girl, was going to be part of. Oh, the okay. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, though. I mean, I I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a lineup that we would have fan invented if it wasn't already out there for us. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, okay, so my last one, and then we'll, we'll let Vince close it out for the night. Uh, this is my weekly book. I think that one of the problems with the way DC approached the Green Lantern movie was they tried to limit the scope of Green Lantern too much. And what mm. makes Green Lantern great is the the giant scope of it. So I'm doing a Green Lantern weekly, but I'm doing it a little bit differently. I am focusing the Green Lantern weekly on five different stories, and each story is going to intersect each week, almost like how uh, Earth Two World's End was, but good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, I have pairings for each of these stories. Okay. Okay. Um, Tom King and Lee Weeks are doing the Hal Jordan story. Oh, <sighs> I'm, it. I'm done. All right. You don't even have to say anything else. <laughs> okay. Um, Rob Williams and Toby Cypress. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Are yes. doing the Kyle Rayner story. Okay. 
Uh, Tim Seeley and Bernard Chang are doing the Guy Gardner story. Mm. Um, mm. Gene Yang and uh, Abraham Mustafa are doing the um, – how am I going to put this? I guess the new recruits story. Mm. So it's going to okay. be all new lanterns. No, like no. At the academy taught by Kilowog. Kilowog's the one who like, who um, who has the uh, who who's like the the boot camp kind of. Idea. Right, right. Who now? I'm I don't know if I'm aware of what was his name. Ibrahim Mustafa. Yeah. What has he done? Uh, the reason he's on my mind is he just filled in on an issue of um. Doctor Fate. Well, I couldn't think of the name, but he's done okay. a bunch. Let me see. Um, hang on, Mustafa Comics. If you just Google Ibrahim Mustafa, it's not the easiest thing to pull up here. Uh, he did High Crimes, okay. that book. With, oh, um, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, with um, and now, who was the artist on that one? That that's him. It was him. It was written by. Um, no, I mean on your on your Kilowog. Yeah, who, that, who uh, Mustafa. That was him. Oh, is he the artist as well? Who's no, he the was artist? the artist with he's the artist with Gene Yang writing it. Gene Yang was writing. Okay, yeah. okay. And then this is, I think, where it gets really great. Um, Marguerite Bennett with Juan Ferreira mm. doing a power ring. Oh, oh wow! And oh. that one is going to intersect with a Simon Baz story. It's a Baz power ring team up story. Okay. I really Sweet. like that. Because to me, Ferreira is Ferreira. I always mispronounce his name. I feel like he's a great horror artist, and Power Ring is this conflicted character. So it'll be a very dark thing. So each week would have like six pages of each of these stories. Mm. Oh my goodness! I, I would I, love that. I, that Green Lantern is like. I I like Green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Vince, you have the honor. All right, I have I have such a pie in the sky one here. Okay, <laughs> but I am determined to save Wonder Woman. <laughs> okay. Um. So, are you guys familiar with Andrew McLean? Yes. Yeah. Headlopper. Right. Headlopper. Apocalyptic girl. Uh huh. So Andrew McLean does Wonder Woman writer artist for the first arc okay then every arc thereafter this is where it gets really crazy okay mm-hmm. he brings some friends from dark horse along each arc one after another is done by one of the classic or like modern classic hellboy artists Oof. so mike mignola does like a cover every once in a while Somehow, somehow they get him to do that. Well, he, he's he's not drawing for all of 2016, so yeah, I hope this uh, goes later. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, uh, this isn't happening, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabriel Ba, Tyler Crook, Guy Davis, Duncan Fregredo, Sebastian Fiamara, Francesco Francavilla, James Heron, all do an arc on Andrew McLean's Wonder Woman. That is insane <laughs> i mean that's a really fun idea yeah but that's insane 
It's insane. It's the craziest thing I could think of. See, I think had... about how, that book would sell, though, right? I mean, I don't know if Andrew McLean sells that book. That's the problem. I love Andrew. Andrew's a nice guy. I know him personally. I think he's fantastic. I don't know if that name sells that book. But with all that art, I mean, I don't think art sells books anymore. Uh... I, know, I know that's that's shitty to say, but I don't think art sells books anymore. All right, but I mean, I would buy, I would buy that all the time. I yeah. actually had an idea for um, James Harron to do with. Um, uh, I had a couple different James Harron ideas, but he's doing um, Rumble right now, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I don't see him leaving Rumble anytime soon. But what was the one? I'm trying to think. I didn't write it down. I was thinking about it today on the way home from work. Uh, with James Harron. Oh, that's what it was. It was um, James Harron on uh, Constantine. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I wonder if you could convince John Arcudi to come write that. Arcudi hates superheroes, but I feel like Constantine's not really a superhero. It's in the supernatural wheelhouse that he's worked in with BPRD. Yeah. Maybe I'll toss it out there. Uh, Harron and uh, Arcudi on Constantine. I like it. Yeah. Well, I guess that just about wraps us up. We've uh, we, we've lost Zach temporarily on the call, but we we were winding down anyway. He was blown away by our last couple of picks. He was. Here. He was. He had. To he was literally up. blown off the call. <laughs> He's right now hitchhiking to Los Angeles yep. to pitch to, this to the yeah. to the Didio Lee Brain Trust. He was like he was like in a in a eighties uh, rock band video where like they they blow somebody they blow like the stuffy guy out of the music video <laughs> yep. with their rocking. Yeah. So That's t- exactly So Twisted Sister is in uh Kentucky tonight, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, let's just say this. This has been super fun. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we could fantasy cast this all the time, all day long. Oh, yeah. Um, again, DC, if you're looking for some consultants, the three of us <laughs> are certainly available. But, you know, what I think is kind of a nice place to end this is you had said to us in a text earlier, and I alluded to this before, this is like the most fun we have as comics fans, right? Figuring out who's going to be on these books and and getting this all lined up in a in an interesting and fun way. I just hope that DC has as much fun with this as we do. I hope that they look at their stable of writers and artists, and they know folks who are under contract and who's available way more than we do, right? But I hope that they can look at their list of folks and say, you know, we can put together 30 great books featuring the talent we have. Mm-hmm. And that it's not all decided by cynical ideas, but it's decided by what could really make a great book. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel as long as they have editors and chief creators there that care about a good product over a marketable product, Mm -hmm. you're always going to have at least a handful of books that achieve that, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's enough. You know, maybe you can't ask for more than five to 10 really good books at any given time, you know? Yeah. Um, 
uh, you know, this is all pie in the sky stuff, and that's why we call it that, you know. Um, to ask for every book to be a ten is not realistic. But but you're right. I I hope they do see it as an opportunity. You know, everyone's being cynical about it, and rightfully so. Um, I think there's probably some cynicism in our heart hearts too. You know, but Absolutely. like, but what I also know in my heart is that every time they do reboot, whether it's Marvel or DC, they come back with a handful of truly exciting books. Like, yeah, it may not be all of them, but there is a small handful of books that get you excited. And so to my mind, and this is just me, I don't care how they got there. You know, if it meant that they had to do a relaunch or felt they had to do a relaunch, it doesn't matter. The final product we got was a handful of really good books out of their product line. Yeah. Um, I feel like sometimes it's easy for us to get so cynical about this, but you realize like DCU, which fell on its face, still gave us the Omega Man and Midnighter, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that's worth it. Yeah. 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 Those are those are books that are going to have really strong fan bases long after they're canceled or, or completed. Right. So, I actually think one of the things that I, I was going to bring up before, but I guess we can, we can do this right now, is just the idea of maybe it's uh maybe it's time for dc to really embrace something like a uh a 10 issue minimum on some of these books because minimum minimum on the books yeah. and or the other way of like a 10 issue maximum but be honest with the people about it right cuz that's a really frustrating part of fandom i think is getting attached to a book and then seeing it gone Right. You know, and I I thought they were starting to go that way. But then, like, didn't they say, you know, we're giving all these books... Twelve. A a minimum of twelve issues, and then that proved to not be the case, you know? Well, they they claim that certain things were always miniseries and all that, but... Yeah, then then they need to tell us. I mean, I, I guess... One one of the things that's come out about this whole rebirth thing is that, first of all, way too many people think it's a complete reboot. They're not rebooting again. They're not rebooting again. But but people are going to think that, you know, mm-hmm. which is dumb. But I'm seeing retailers that are really up in arms about this because they feel like there's a trust issue if DC's going to, you know, relaunch every three, four, five years, you know? But the fact of the matter is, is that it's the state of comics right now. Like, they're not selling, you know? These, mm-hmm. Azrael doesn't get 100 issues ever again. You know, I know that's the, that's the example. <laughs> that's our go-to reference every week, yeah. Right, but how could it not be, you know? Because that book today gets 6 to 12 issues. Yeah. You know? And that's just the state of things. So be honest about it, you know, mm-hmm. because then the people that are going to order that book are going to order it on the basis of knowing what they're going to get. Um, so I agree with you there 100%. Yeah. I feel like the uh, the Omega Men lesson here 
is that there is a strong, passionate fan base out there for every book. The trick is to tap into what makes that fan base tick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if, if Zach's computer is going to give him more trouble or not. So let's just let, let's call it a night on behalf of Zach. Our yeah. pal Zach is on Twitter at SirFox89. I am on Twitter at Brian Needs a Nap. Where are you, Vince? I'm at VJ underscore O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I. It's a big old Polish name. <laughs> are you 100% Polish? I am damn as damn close to 100%. It's like a – what do they call that where the line like – goes to infinity and doesn't touch the axis, uh -huh. but yeah. it's always parallel, you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's what I am Polish. Oh, okay. So that explains also why I can't form sentences oh, stop. sometimes. <laughs> stop. Anyway, um, you're going to hear a little bit more of my voice in a second, because I am going to be chatting with TV's Vandal Savage from legends of tomorrow, Mr. Casper Crump. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Thanks to my co-hosts, and um, enjoy this chat with uh, Mr. Crump. Thanks, guys. Bye. So I guess I want to start our conversation just by talking about uh, you're in a very unusual situation in that you are playing somebody who is thousands of years old and has more <laughs> information than anyone in the history of the universe would have. So I guess my first question for oh. you is... Is it daunting to act with the with the idea that you are such a knowledgeable, such a learned person? Does does that bring a different approach for you for how to act out that character? I think it 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 could do that, but um, you could be sort of um, frightened by the fact that that he knows everything and. But that is something that I can't, as an actor, show in the scenes. Like, you know, that's uh, described through the script, through the the the, the way that the other characters uh, characters talk about the handle and all that stuff. So what I can really do, what's very helpful for me as an actor, is is playing that he's immortal. You know, that 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 helps me a lot because how can you play a guy that that knows everything? Yeah, it's 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 hard to to show that. Um, it's it's um, it's easier to to just in the scene specifically know that you are immortal. So so even though that you're really in a tight spot in a scene, let's say, you will know that. Well, I'll be back in the next scene or the next episode or whatever. You can kill me, but I will still be around. And that gives him and gives me, a, as an actor, a kind of uh, authority and a kind of cockiness that I can sort of. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to bring a fearlessness of some of some sort, right? Like you, you, you can, oh, totally. you can go oh. for it because it doesn't matter because oh, you're going to totally. be there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's I. That's what I think sort of makes Vandal as sort of very. Uh, different villain because he has that aspect that he can't die you know mm -hmm. uh he doesn't have that uh fear in life so he can just even though you know he has a bomb tied around his 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 body and knows that he's gonna blow up like in a second he's still like 
cocky about it. I was still like, well, guys, <laughs> I'll see you in a minute then, you know. And that's just a very sort of a liberating aspect to have as an actor, really. Uh, and that's and that's how I have fun fun with the character. Does that present any sort of challenge? Because you know, be, because he is so fearless, there it, it's almost mm. it's almost too easy to make him unlikable. You, know, you still have oh. to make him charming oh, totally. and all those sort of things. So, how do you combat that that fearlessness with likability? Yeah, I mean, because because you could just go the way when he's where he's just all evil and all fearless and stuff, but that would just make him two-dimensional. And I want to make my characters more three-dimensional. I want to make him a person that you can actually like in many ways. Mm-hmm. And it's important for me as an actor and through my craft to sort of take responsibility for the characters that I portray. Uh, how do I do that? Well, <laughs> I just really just see him as a, a whole person, and I try to find... Uh, aspects of his way of being that I, as a private person, could totally uh, take responsibility for. I mean, the whole aspect he has with with Kendra, uh, Hawkgirl, his whole love story, his unfulfilled love to to her is something that I can relate to as a person. Mm-hmm. And just to implement that in his way of uh, in in my portrayal of of Vandal, sort of, I think gives him that aspect of being a human being mm-hmm. instead of just being like all evil or, or immortal or, or vicious or, or savage or whatever. But that sort of adds these elements, uh, likable elements to his uh, person. It's interesting, you know, that makes sense? yeah, it absolutely makes sense. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think that what makes a, a lot of characters very interesting is there are very few characters that, recognize that they're the villain, right? Everybody is trying to be the oh, hero of oh. their own story. Do you think that Vandal oh, yeah. sees himself as a hero? <laughs> I think he sees himself as something that's doing the right thing, totally. Mm-hmm. I see him, I know this might be a little controversial, but I see him as a modern politician in many ways. I like <laughs> that. Like, I like that, you know, yeah. You know, I'm doing the right thing here for all of you guys. And, you know, but he's really not. And, <laughs> and he's a ghostwriter on the highway listening to the radio. And on the radio, the reporter is going like, hey, there's a ghostwriter on the highway. And Vandal would be like, well, he ain't the only one. <laughs> you know, because he's seeing all these people coming towards him instead. That's how I see him, really. So he doesn't really know. I mean, he has no, he has empathy. I think, mm-hmm. uh, but just just in his own very, now I say fucked up way. But mm-hmm. you can say that. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, oh, so what, <laughs> what would you say then? Vandal's motivations are. You know, what do you think his end goal is? Well, what would you do? That's the question because I have had really a hard time solving that question. Really, I've been asked it before, and you know, when I got the part, and he he's immortal. So what do you do with all this time? Me as a person would probably do something positive, like <laughs> green energy or something. But if you're sort of, you know, leaning towards the dark side from the minute you were, you know, like cre- uh, created, the ultimate goal would be world domination, right? Yeah. 
I guess. <laughs> so that's what he's doing. And then I think, I think he's in for a good challenge. That's what makes him different and, and dangerous as well. He's not like your average building, but just want money and power and weapons. He's just in for a great challenge. And if he's not challenged, he'll just kick back for a few centuries and just, you know, just chill out really and don't show up, you know. And if he's if he sees a great challenge like these eight heroes that are now like in his world, he's up for a fight. He's really just here to, in his own way, teach humanity a lesson, I think. Okay. I like that answer. <laughs> um, so one of the other cool things about this show is that, uh, you know, we've only seen the pilot so far, but we know that throughout the series, uh-huh. you're going to be traveling through different time periods and you're going to be, you know, yeah, in the seventies yeah. and the nineties, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite mm-hmm. time period so far to, to be in? Mm. Uh, there's been a few, I, I actually really, really like the future stuff mm-hmm. because of the, you know, the the way they sort of show it, it's very clean, it's very minimalistic, it's very dark. I mm-hmm. kind of like that. Um, but I really also like the 50s. We were in the 50s, you know, getting all this Elvis Presley kind of hair and nice suits and big cars and <laughs> the women looked amazing, you know. <laughs> and I've always liked being looked if I were to choose when to live, it would be in the 50s if only I could bring, bring all my gadgets with me, <laughs> like all my modern-day gadgets, my mm-hmm. iPhones and my laptops and stuff. But the aesthetics, the aesthetics of the 50s, I think, are spectacular. And they did a great job on creating this 50s universe. And it was just, uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to see it. It's, 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 it's really nice. I'm excited to see that now. So the 50s, ah, exactly. And I know that they're doing, um, I don't know if I can say this, but they're, they're doing a Western thing. That's yeah, I, online. that has been, that has been uh, leaked yeah. online, yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty cool as well. <laughs> uh, so this is, this is admittedly a silly question. And, and there's no way to really know the answer to this question. But I think it's kind of a fun question with, with the character of Vandal Savage. Do you think that he enjoys the moment he's living in? Or is he always looking back and saying, oh, this has nothing on the 13th century. You guys should have seen the 13th century. That was when it was really cool. Like, you know, does, does he enjoy the modern world? Uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe, I don't think he has that, maybe not that, aspect of time and period. I think he sees, sees it as one big thing. Uh, he never, he still, even though we're traveling in the 50s and the future and stuff, he still wears sort of the same kind of, same clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, um, he's just, I don't know. <laughs> he's trying to adapt, I oh. guess, into every a time period, not really, I don't know if he really cares about it. He's like, okay, what are these gadgets? What is this, I guess? Mm. I guess when, he when has you have like the a, long view of history, you can say, okay, exactly. this gadget might be cool for now, but in 10 years it's not going to mean anything, so who cares? 
yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's just, you know, that, again, another thing that he's, you know, trying to teach humanity a lesson more than just, mm-hmm. you know, uh, having a cool iPhone or whatever. He's yeah. like, look, guys, you can do whatever you want. You can dress up like, you know, whatever you want to look like and drive your cars or fly or whatever you do. It's, you know, it all comes down to the same thing. And that's where he is. Yeah. You know, he's just like the foundation of uh, life and death, I think. So, I don't know. I think, I think he's enjoying it very much. I mean, he dresses up in the 50s. You know, he puts on a nice suit and combs his hair and blends in. <laughs> but he always has this very, you know, the goal in the future that he knows where he wants to go. One of the things I've really appreciated about your, about your performance thus far uh, across the uh, Arrow and the Flash and all that as well is just how you, you bring this sense mm-hmm. of, of he, he's a citizen of the world. Like you, 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 you approach him, his mannerisms are not of any one particular time period or of one particular type of people. He seems very much like a citizen of the world because he's lived for so long and he's seen so many things come and go. Is that something that you're conscious about in your in your acting? Do you think, okay, I have to present him as somebody who doesn't have necessarily the ties to the type of language, type of clothes, that sort of thing that yeah. we do? Yeah. Very much. There are really, when I, you know, I, I I came over for the first time in, in Vancouver and we had fittings and stuff. They were really um, great to let me sort of have a, an influence of, on how I wanted to, him to look, what kind of you know, coat I wanted and what kind of material, what kind of look I wanted. Of course, the costume people had you know, this idea, but I was really involved in the process. Uh, so so um, that's one aspect. The other aspect is that I don't speak American. I don't, you know, I don't sound like American people does, which is kind of something that I can play with um, because I could, you know, really put on a really thick Scandinavian accent, but that would make him Scandinavian. Mm -hmm. I could do like a French. I could do, you know, different kinds of, but the thing is we don't, and I don't want people to know where he's from. He's just universal in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is something that I'm really, um, uh, yeah, really thinking about when I'm, you know, doing my work and, and, and portraying him, really. I, I, you know, when we sort of touch down in the different time periods, I sometimes do a little, <laughs> you know, with the writers. Uh, I, I go up to the writers and I say, can I change this word maybe into this word? You know, just to make him sort of try to be modern or try to be more 50s or try to just small things like small details, but nothing. I, I, I want his person, his foundation just to be uh, universal in a way. So we're not going to so, hear him calling anybody daddy in the 50s. <laughs> Well, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> but 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 he did say he did say dude, you know, in the crossover. Yeah. Because uh, I think Cisco was like, "Hey, my, hey, dude, get out of here!" And I was like, "No, I'm staying, dude." You know, stuff <laughs> like that. He sort of adapts. He sort of picks up on these uh, words that people are saying in that century. So yeah. 
So, but but that's mostly just very minor things. I I, I want him to be like a, you know, just like an I don't know. I sometimes I wish we could make interviews in my own language. Which I have much, I have a much bigger vocabulary. No, you're. <laughs> I want to explain myself. No, <laughs> this is all great stuff.